All right, welcome to the Robo Show. I'm your host, Chad Robo Show, and uh, man, super excited about today's uh, guest. Uh, not only someone I've always looked up to my whole martial arts career, but uh, spent many a t- many a years as as my professor, and still to this day, when people ask me, um, you know, where did I get my black belt from, who, you know, who uh, I right away um, reference this professor, Professor Vinicius Draclino. Miguelis, uh, he's a sixth degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Carlos Gracie Jr. and is the head instructor of Gracie Ba Texas and Gracie Ba uh, Bela Horizonte schools in Brazil. More than 20 years teaching uh, experience in Jiu-Jitsu for his competition. I could go on and on about his competition accolades, but I'll say, you know, some of the highlights, four-time Pan-American champion, no-gi Pan-American champion, four-time Brazilian national champion, two-time world silver medalist, He's, he's won an MMA world title. Um, he's an Abu Dhabi veteran. And besides being a, just an incredible competitor, I think, Professor, you're most known for being one of the most prolific uh, and successful jiu-jitsu instructors in the world. Uh, some, of the, some of the students you'll see that Professor Kaplan has put out has won worlds, pans, national titles, over 80 black belts, and uh, so many MMA champions. And, uh, again, myself, you know, I was one of the uh, product of your, your jiu-jitsu even before we met, I looked at watching your videos and then it became one of your students and, and uh, something I'll always be so proud of, even, you know, even though we don't get to be on the same team anymore, I'm still sometimes so proud of and more than any of all, all that stuff. I'm just so happy to call you uh, a friend. And uh, so me too, brother, have you on. Too, me too. Thank you very much for the kind words. I mean, guys, just a little, a little parenthesis there. Chad is a really good friend of mine. So he, he talk, he says that I'm better than I'm already. And then I, I, I really am. So, but, but that's good. I appreciate it, Chad. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of all your jiu-jitsu stuff, you, you know, one of the things I think is super impressive, a lot of people may not know about you, is you're also, a, you know, a lawyer in Brazil. And, and you graduated yeah. from one of the most prestigious, one of the most prestigious law schools in the country. And, you know, your daughter, Jade has followed your footsteps to be a lawyer. I think that's where you're visiting now. Uh, Igor, your son, has got into yep. not law, but politics and political. But, yeah, but he's, uh, he's going to law school now, study in, in, in September. Oh. So, so you got this. They all sold law. out. Say again? <laughs> they, they all sold out for the money <laughs> of the lawyer. <laughs> but he's a, Igor's a black belt. Uh, yeah, but he. he Igor's a black belt as well, I do. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Both yeah. of our sons. He's a black belt. Really cool. Yeah, they got it like around the same time, I guess, right? Yeah, I think Igor I got think a little bit black before. belts like around a little bit before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Good to be here, brother. Good to be here. Well, so how do you, you know, a lot of people know who you are. A lot of people have you know, seen you during your competition years and now as a coach. But can you tell everybody that, you know, you know, how do you, a lawyer or jujitsu, like you went to law school, how do you become, you know, who you are today as a competitor and as a coach? Man, uh, I started jujitsu as a teenager. I used to do judo before. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, it wasn't judo that took me to jujitsu. It was surfing. Because I used to surf, yeah, I used to surf in Rio in a spot that uh, the Gracie family members and a bunch of other very famous jujitsu guys nowadays they were surfing. So, you know, we're pretty much neighbors, surfing, getting together. And then one thing took to the other, you know. So when I was around 14, 13, 14, I started to train jiu-jitsu. 
And it's funny, Chad, because right off the bat, even though I was a young teenager, I knew there would be something that I would do for the rest of my life. Of course, you know, in the 80s, you could never think that uh, we would be doing what we do the way we're doing now, like huge and live broadcast and people making a lot of money just competing in jiu-jitsu and seminars all over the world. I didn't imagine that. I just love it. And, and I, I mean, I, I guess I didn't know exactly how I would be involved, but I knew I would right off the bat. It's like something that I would for sure. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what took me to jiu-jitsu. I started like around 84, like end of 84. And uh, I'm still here, man. I mean, I, I never st stopped to study. I always studied. Uh, I went to law school, like you said, and, uh, and it, was a, it was a good law school. And uh, I got my lawyer license. I just actually just went to Brazil last year to renew it. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't work as a lawyer for since 1995, actually. Nin 1996. I don't, I don't do anything related to law, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it was a tough time uh, when I... In 95, I got my black belt right after I got my degree, my law degree. So it was a tough time, really busy. I had my daughter, you know, young uh, Jade, and she was already born. So it was tough, but worth it. Because then, like, I had the option, you know. And, I mean, I think everybody knows my option, where it was. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and, and uh, some of your childhood friends, you know, were, were Gracie family members. I know you. Yeah. Kenzo, Hyan. Half. Half, yeah. Half, yeah. Master Kalinos was going there. Helion Gracie, you know, but mostly the three. You know, Hanzo was a little older than us. So when, when you're a teenager, like three years, four years, like they don't want to hang out with you. So I used to hang out more with uh, High End and Half back in the day. And then, I mean, when you get older, it changes. But yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you and Hanzo are pretty close today. Yeah, no, we're super close. I mean, we were, but I mean, we didn't hang out in the same circles because Hansel was older, you know, and we kind of like, get the heck out of here. Not just me, but even his little brothers. He, he wasn't the same circle, you know, but, but as, like you said, like you get older now, like, you know, what's three, four years, it's nothing, you know what I mean? We're kind of like considered the same age pretty much, you know? So, yeah, but it was that, there was that, uh, uh, Chad, I, and I started back in the day and never stopped, uh, it's part of my life, like big time. I'm not saying this to be biased or to, to say kind of like redundant stuff. It's, it's really true. I mean, it's really part of who I am in every single aspect of my life, you know? So I'm glad I did the, I took this decision. Yeah. You know, t today you, you know, you're super, super famous professor and you have, you know, such successful schools in Texas and, and still in Bella Hazante. And, uh, but one of the things I just always admired about you was your, you know, just ferocious competitor. And I looked up to that, <laughs> to your, you know, just your intensity and your, and your imposing technique. And one of my proudest moments ever, people always say, what's my favorite moment in, in MMA, in my MMA career? And I think my favorite moment was uh, being able to compete in strike force at the yeah. same time you as you as my professor at the time, being able to, us to be able to compete in strike force together. And we both won. It was a yeah. Really night. That was a great night. Uh, uh, I was uh, actually around five years out of the MMA cages and rings. I didn't do any MMA fight because, I mean, there was a transition to America and, and other stuff, you know, going on. And when I decided to do the, the, the match, the, the fight, 
when they offered me the fight, you know, I knew that he knew the guy, so I could call him and say, hey, I'm fighting on the same card. And uh, one of the reasons why I decided to do it, because, of course, you think about it, you know, it's like, man, you know, I have to stop a lot of things and train again and all my injuries and all that stuff. But, uh, but then when you said you're competing, uh, I was like, man, number one, we can train together, which is good because you're kind of like the same size a little bit. And, uh, man, I mean, we're going to have a good vibe there. We're going to have a good energy there. We're going to be there as a team. It's not going to be just me by, by myself or him. Because when you have more people competing uh, from the same team, it's different. You know that. You know, like we, we all get that, uh, that good vibe and we all get that uh, inspiration from one, one and another. And uh, I decided to do it. And I'm glad, you know, it was a good night. It wasn't one of my best performances, but I was a little with ring rust. But it was good. We dominated. You dominated. I dominated. So you got a really tough kid, too. I remember that. That kid, uh, I forgot the name of the kid. They, the kid's dangerous. Like, you come to flying stuff all over. and yeah. You know, like flying knee, fly triangle. Like, Roberto De Leon. Yeah, tr tr tricky kid, that kid. Uh, but everything went great. We trained together. Remember, we trained together. You came down. I, I went down to train with you guys. Uh, it, it was great. It was a great moment, man. I never want to forget, too. It was a good time. Well, in your, so that's an MMA. What, your jiu-jitsu career, like, what was your – what was your favorite times in competing in jiu-jitsu? Uh, mm -hmm. One of your, I don't want to say your rival because I don't, I don't know if you would say agree with your rival, but one of your main competitors was, was Hoyler, yeah? Yeah, Hoyler Gracie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that if you, if, you, if you consider the word rival only on the competitive level, yeah, I would say so, like for maybe four years. Me and him were kind of the ones that were going at it. He was the only guy that could stop me uh, for getting further because I was the only guy that who beat me, actually, uh, on the world championships as a black belt. I never lost to anybody else, you know. Uh, and, I mean, I, I guess I was uh, not very lucky <laughs> to be uh, competing on, the, on my prime, on the top of my shape, when he was the man. I mean, he won four consecutive, consecutive titles. He beat everybody, not just me. You know, but uh, I, I didn't lose to anybody except him. Uh, during, I was in really good shape. I, I was uh, really like, I would say I was the number two for sure. You know, I, I was really good shape. My head was good. But there was a problem with, uh, with him is that uh, I actually went to a doctor because of that, to a psychological doctor, uh, psycho a psychologist. I never change my fan mentality from my competitor mentality. Every time I stepped with him, we did really good matches, competitive matches. But uh, I saw him as an idol because I remember when I was a white belt, he was already a champion in the black belt and skinny and winning the absolute. I was like, man, I want to be like this guy. So he was always like one of the biggest inspirations for me. And uh, it's me and him. You know what I mean? So uh, it took me, a, it, it took me, it gave me work, man. It gave me work. I, it was tough for me to make, to make that transition. And I know for a fact, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. He beat me, he beat me. He was better than me. No questions asked. The, the matches were close. But uh, oh, honest in the world, I didn't, I didn't go against him like I did with the other guys. It was different. You know what I mean? It was, I, think, I think it was too much respect. And I, I work on, on that with my psychologist. But honestly, I got better, but... It didn't happen like the way we expected, but uh, 
yeah, if I would say like he was one of the main guys, I had others, uh, you know, that I competed more more than one time, two times, three times. But, uh, you know, he's a, one of the most famous guys in jiu-jitsu, so everybody remembers me and him. So This episode of The Robo Show is brought to you by iron-neck.com. Iron Neck is uh, the world's number one neck strengthening device. You guys don't know, in uh, 2006, I was in Afghanistan and uh, broke my neck. And uh, if you want to read about how, that story, a crazy story of how I broke my neck, uh, it's in my book, An Unfair Advantage. You can go and check it out. But coming back from Afghanistan, uh, after that's when I had all my big MMA fights and my neck. And the VA wanted to do fusion, and I refused to do fusion, and I just opted to just strengthen my neck, keep my neck strong. Uh, so since man, all these years fighting through all my fights and MMA and jiu-jitsu, I've always been very important that I keep the muscles of my neck strong because the, bro- the bones in my neck are broken off and so I don't have that stability. And so neck strengthening has always been a b- very important thing to me. I've always just improvised ways to do it, using body weight, using different kind of improvised things that I make up. But now uh, I don't have to do that anymore because I have an, an iron neck uh, device, which helps me to... Uh, not only strengthen my neck, but uh, but do it in a safe way. The, the way the device works is that you know it's it, it's on a rotator. So it, as you move your neck, the ro- the point of uh, where the tension is actually moves uh, around your head. And so super uh, effective and safe way to strengthen your neck. And whether you have a neck injury or not, I think in uh, in sports or just in, in in life, it's really important to have a good strong. Uh, neck. If your neck's strong, your hips are strong, your body's going to be strong. And so check it out, iron-neck.com. If you enter promo code ROBYSHOW, uh, R-O-B-I-C-H-A-U-X, my last name, you'll get 10% off. And uh, I'm really doing this because I, I love it myself and I want everybody out there, especially those with bad necks, to be able to take care of themselves. And so I really thought it was a great product to push out and partner with. And uh, these guys are pretty awesome. They're a Texas-based company. iron-neck.com. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good times. Good times too, man. He, he, he made me who I am actually in a lot of ways because the way he inspired me mm-hmm. and uh, also the way he made me train because man, if you're not like on top of the shape with him, he would just eat you alive. You know what I mean? So I was like, I needed to be in the top of my shape in everything. Yeah. I, I know when you got a guy, you know what? My only loss, I lost two times this year because I've been competing a lot this year. And uh, mm. I lost to the guy from uh, Florida, from Sao Paulo, Brazil. I uh, forget his name. Beso. Beso. Yeah. Lost he's him. with uh, Rafael Gordinho. Yeah, Beso. He's a forgot mom. his first name, but his, his nickname is Beso. But then, uh, then I competed in Dallas Open. Tough guy. I won, I won the gold in the Gi division. And then in the no-gi division, I felt like I was on fire. And then I ran into Mike Trent. <laughs> he just shut me down. And uh, and now I have him in the pan, so that's making me. I, I want to train harder because I was like, man. I'm- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, he can be not just him, Chad, but anybody who actually beats you. And I know you how how you think. You you a warrior. You don't quit. And you take this as uh, as an experience to go to the next level. I know for a fact that you train really hard. Now you know better his game and he's he's really tough he's one of my students he's really really tough and i was just talking to you uh, offline right chad that he when he got the black belt he transformed himself it was amazing uh, it was crazy you know like uh, on the brown belt he was always a tough guy of course but he used to 
She lost a couple of times. He used to compete kind of like not very good a couple of times. And now the black belt, man, he's just like killing it. I don't think he lost not even one match yet. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, um, you know, but, you know, to the to your point, like, when you have run into guys like that, it makes you better. It, uh, well, for sure. For sure. 100%. They are needed, man, for us. If you you're know? winning all the time, then you, you're not, you're probably not at your best. Oh, no. Not at all. This is, this is, this is for a fact. If you kick in everybody's butt and winning everything, that is not a good sign <laughs> in regards to the long run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, that's just transitions to a, a life principle. Like in life, if you're just a super easy life and never no friction in your life, you're not yeah. the best version of yourself that you could be. But when friction comes, sure. comes, when you fall on your face a few times and you get back up, it makes you be a better, better person. And I, I think hundred percent, a hundred percent, but, but Chad, you, you have to, to, I agree a hundred percent, but you have to remember also that not everybody's like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most people quit in adversity. Most people, people give up. And I, I'm not saying in a, in a fighting field or military field, I'm saying like in life, life, right? You know? Yes. So, uh, uh, I think that, uh, uh, yes, I agree with you. It, it, it really sharps you and makes you better. But you have to have a certain mentality. Otherwise, you right. break it, right? So. Well, I mean, that's just a good transition to what I really wanted to talk about today. It's like, mm-hmm. there's so many things that I've learned in my life. You know, I started martial arts when I was five years old. Uh, I started in a judo, Japanese jiu-jitsu as a kid, like like you. Mm-hmm. And uh, And I look at you know, how I made it in a special forces, those character traits, the discipline, the character you learn on the, on the mask, the work ethic, learning how to not just succeed, but how to fail and get back up again. Like all those For things. Sure. I look at, you know, trying to become a recon Marine at that very young age. I think those character traits is what gave me the edge to complete that training and, and become a recon Marine. And I, uh, and I think there's so many things that you, a young person can learn in life about being a martial artist. And I heard you talk about it so many times. And in fact, it's one of the things that I've always just admired about you is that you always say like, you always talk about the martial artist on the mat, but the person that you should be off the mat, those skills should transfer yes. character, discipline, work ethic, learning how to see, succeed, learning how to fail, learning how to treat people with respect. Exactly. Like all these things like are great for martial artists, but if you apply them in your personal life, you'll find success, right? A hundred percent. I really believe that uh, everybody, every single person in the world should have martial arts experience. Because if you take just a little bit away from that, it will help you in life. Like you said, you know, like uh, I, I really like to to compare sometimes like the military and uh, what happens in a martial art dojo, a serious one. You know, there's a lot of similarities, as you already know. You know, like uh, the brotherhood that you have with people, the respect. Like every single day you go there, sometimes you you, you kick ass, sometimes you get your ass kicked. Uh, you know, like uh, sometimes you have to persevere and go and, and, and push yourself to a limit. So there's a lot of things that translate. And I'm pretty sure you turn to be like a, an amazing uh, a, a, a recall marine like you were, right? A lot because of your martial arts background. I know for a fact, for sure. 
if you just like are coming out of like a, a college and going to party all the time and drinking and smoking and, and, uh, and not having like any kind of commitment or discipline, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't be as good as you were. I know for a fact, you know what I mean? So uh, I think that, yes, like uh, what happens in a dojo, Chad, I know for a fact, this, with all my experience, I'm almost 50 years old now, about to be 50. And I'm on the match for like over 30, I mean, almost 40 years now. But uh, what happens on, on, on a match of a martial arts gym, it's a replication of life. Like a lot, in a lot of ways. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you're in a good mood, sometimes you're in a bad mood. Sometimes you deal with somebody super, super nice and a good people. Sometimes you deal with like a bad people. Uh, uh, one day, uh, you're not going to feel like going, but you have to. And other days, like you're going to get hurt. And, uh, you know, that's like almost everything. You have to learn how to win, how to lose. You have to learn how to have social skills. You have to learn how to have discipline and a hierarchy. Because, you know, the higher belts, you have all that stuff. Like, you know, man, it's, it's, it's a replication of life. I really think so. And, and I'm glad that uh, me and you and millions of other people, we are who we are because of that. You told a story one time, and uh, it just always stuck with me. You talked about the math being an equalizer. Like, oh, yeah. The, the rich kid the, the, and, the, and the, the weak kid. I would love for you to share that with the guys listening. Yeah, that, and that's like a, like a, something that comes handy with what I just said. It's another lesson in life. Because, man, look, inside those, those, those four lines of a, dojo, of a dojo mat area, man, doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're black, if you're white, if you're Muslim, if you're Catholic, if you're Christian, doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're famous, if you're good looking, if you're bad looking, doesn't matter. Does not matter. Everybody's treated the same. You will get your ass kicked if you're not a good day, such like everybody else. You know, your fame, your money, your good looks won't help you. And you have to deal with that, period. You know, like uh, I always I'm proud of myself to never be biased to any students regardless any reason you know you see a lot of people like kind of protecting students oh, gotta protect the student because this guy is like rich and he's gonna invest on you know like or oh no I'm gonna protect that student they're gonna give him like extra attention because he's very talented I never did that check I always yeah. treated everybody exactly the same I give the same importance to the multiple time world champion in my gym as the brand new white belt that joins everybody is treated exactly the same respectful if you if you respectful we're going to be super respectful if you always try to you know give good advice trying to learn trying to teach you know like i mean it, it is an equalizer man i mean you see like, where do you see man like jews and muslims going at it trying to kill each other and shake hands and hug after that yeah where do you see that it's very hard to see that. You see it in sports, uh, you know, but, but in jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu is like combat it's, sport. It's intimate. Yeah, yes, they, they, they put their hands on, the, on each other. And, man, like uh, in, my, in my gym, I see this all the time. Like yeah. uh, I see, like, uh, you know, pretty much every week, you know, for this, just giving an example, uh, a Jewish person and a Muslim, they go at it, and they're friends. One is from Palestine and the other from Israel. And they're friends. They're friends. You know what I mean? It's yeah. amazing. Because inside there, if they start to act 
to wake up. I don't care, man. They're going to keep both out. Because that's not the place to it. The place there is to be respectful, to try to be better than you were a day before, and to push your, your, your teammates and your friends to be better too, because then you're going to get better. That, that's it. And I don't care about anything else. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, all this, you know, in our culture right now, you know, the, all this talk about you know, racism. And, and by the way, yeah. I don't believe America is a place of systemic racism. I believe America had, it's a, had an ugly history, but it's had uh-huh. an incredible history of overcoming racism. Yeah. Uh, there's still bad people in the country. It's bad people. Of course. Of course. Of but course. one of the places I've seen that, I mean, my experience being in the military, it just, it just did racism didn't exist there. And uh, I mean, you're there to do a job and that's your brother. You know, you exactly live together, you sleep together, you laugh together, you make fun of each other. Like, <laughs> you know, it just, and then the, I love that. I seen the same things in the military that I experienced there with people from different color, different backgrounds, poor, rich, all that stuff. I love seeing that uh, on the mats too. And I think it's one of the things, reasons that I'm super comfortable being on the mats and when class is over, sitting down on the mat, sweaty and hanging out laughing. Yeah. 40 minutes sure. uh, with people get, I mean, one time I was sitting down at a restaurant after jujitsu and I'm sitting down and it just kind of hit me. I'm looking across the table at the people. Uh, we uh-huh. had an oil field executive, yeah. border patrol agent, yeah. a, a FBI agent, a drug dealer, a guy, <laughs> a guy on parole, another guy on parole, yeah. like a, a guy who paints houses, like he's a laborer painter. Like, yeah. everybody, like, all these different people, they're hanging around. Uh, with nothing else in common besides just yeah. laughing together, yeah. having fun together. And uh, I mean, any other circumstances, these people would never be sitting at a table having dinner together. No, no, no way. And like you said, man, like uh, this is very common for us. This happens all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, everybody together. And, and actually, man, like nobody cares no. about your, about the color of your skin, about how rich you are, how famous you're going to be treated well if you treat everybody well period man there's no right. differentiation i don't i never in my life you know training or dealing or, with people or being friends with people or doing business with people i could never see a color of skin on people i just see the person yeah. i just see the person i never say like oh i'm gonna do a, i'm gonna do business with a, 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 a muslim guy oh no i'm gonna be friends with a, 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 an indian guy or, oh no, I'm gonna, you know, I go, you know, I'm gonna have a, a match competition match against that black guy. There's no such thing. It's just going against people, dealing with people. That's people. That's, that's one race. You know what I mean? I, I could never get that big deal of people, you know, like bad people, like you said, all over the world, like uh, using that excuse to be hateful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one way or the other. I, I, I never got it. I, I really, since my childhood, I could never differentiate anything. I just could see the person if the person is good or bad. That's it. That's it. Other than that, I care less about everything else, man. You know, that's the truth. I care less. I really care less. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's one of the things I think people learn in jiu-jitsu is about that. You know, yeah. That, you know, just treating people for who they are and, and, uh, and getting to do life with people that, you again, you wouldn't normally do life with. One of the things I love is uh, you, and I, you and I both travel a lot. And, man, I, I'll travel, yeah. speak for Mighty Oaks Foundation, and I'm, like, in a different city that I've never been before speaking. And what I do everywhere I go is I look, you know, for jiu-jitsu school, and I, I email 
who I am. I'd love to stop in. And they're always like, oh, great. Would please stop in. Would you teach a class? And I was like, yeah, I'll teach a class. And so we'll go and, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's on a Saturday night because a Saturday because, you know, I'll be speaking at a church on a Sunday. And, uh, and I'll go oh, and okay. the UFC, they're like, hey, you want to come watch the UFC? And now I find myself either at yeah. someone's house or at a Buffalo Wild Wings watching the UFC with people I never met before. Yep. And you swear we've been best friends for 20 years. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it's something with jujitsu, man. And, and, and Chad, honestly, the more I think about it, the more I come to a conclusion. And I don't know if you agree with me or not. Uh, why do you have like such strong bonds in jujitsu and more than sometimes in other? I mean, I think military in jujitsu and military especially, of course, yeah. number one, but it, it's because of trust. You have to trust 100% your partner or your brother or your friend. In jiu-jitsu, you have to trust them not to kill you. Think about it. Yeah, because they, you got to trust them. If you tap, they're going to let go. They're not going to choke you out. They're not going to break your arm. They're not going to. You trust them. You guys have like that kind of like contact, full contact. One trying to rip the other guy's head off, but with a knowledge that we are not trying to hurt each other and we will stop when we need to stop, when you ask so, or when you feel so. You know, this creates a really strong bond because, man, you, even if it's not conscious, if it's unconscious, you go like, I can trust this guy in my life, man. Literally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same in the military. You know, like, like uh, you were there and then if something happens on the battlefield, you, you, you know, like, uh, you know, you can trust your brother with everything. You know that. And this creates a strong bond that nobody can break. You know, I, I, I that, that's my theory. I don't know. I mean, I agree. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I've said the same thing before. You're trusting the guy with your life. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody kind of yeah. like, oh, you know, you kind of forget that that tap, like what yeah. happens, what happens if your partner doesn't, uh, doesn't honor that tap? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you, you, you are oh, yeah. Or dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you oh, got to yeah. think what, what happens. Oh, yeah. so you literally are trusting people with your life and your safety. Every day you train, and every time you you know slap hands and pump fist, you put yeah. that safety in that other person's hand. And you, you're right. I think it's exactly. This is a very strong bond created, you know. And, and said I always like to 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 compare a little bit to the military. You know, we talked a little bit about the brotherhood, about trusting each other, and about uh, uh, about helping each other and all that. But man, like we in martial arts, we do controlled combat with rules with everything the military goes to the real combat you guys <laughs> you guys are different level you know like people say oh uh, it will be a war my fight against this guy i get it i understand what they mean but they don't know what war is you know like a real war and real combat is a different level so my hat's off to all the military you guys are i'm your biggest fan and I believe that the real, the real true warriors of the world are the military person, especially here in America that uh, pretty much makes us have this amazing life, right, Chad? You know, we live in a free country. You can say whatever you want. And uh, that's amazing. So my salute to you guys. I always uh, thank highly of, uh, of you and up some other Brazilians I know who came to America and modern day, modern day living out the American dream. And I, I yeah. You a lot. Look, I'm so happy for your success. You're extremely successful, and it makes me super, super proud to see that. 
Thank yeah. you, brother. One last question that I personally uh-huh. have that I never asked you. I've asked you all. Go ahead. I never asked you. So for those listening, Professor Dracolino is Dracolino's the nickname because you look like Dracula. Yeah, I look like Dracula, especially now with my, my long white hair and if my, I didn't sleep well. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> is that why you name your son Igor? No, not really. <laughs> not really. Not really. <laughs> not really. But it's a good question. Uh, you had that this question is, this before. You never asked. That's the first time. You never <laughs> asked. So, so here, here, here's the thing. Um, in Brazil, it's very common uh, that we call, especially men, uh, Russian names, because the Russian names are short and strong. Yeah. So in Brazil, there are millions of Igors there. There's also a lot of Yuris in Brazil. So Yuri and Igor are the names that are really strong Russian names that a lot of people use in Brazil. Sometimes people that have nothing to do with Russian heritage, like, like myself. But the names are short and strong. So we were thinking about, with Igor's case, we're, we're deciding between Yuri and Igor. But it came out that I was like, man, Igor, it's a tough name. Oh. It, it, it's strong. You know, so... That's why we decided. But and then here it's funny because like when he, he, we got here in America, a lot of people said Igor, and some people who could even say the name like Oh Igor, Igor, whatever. It's fine. But the thing is that a lot of people started to make the 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 relation between like the the the, the Frankenstein and uh, yeah. and the Dracula with the Igor. The Igor, I think, it was the server, right, or something. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, the, <laughs> no, it's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to ask. If, uh, I wouldn't I, do this to my son, brother. Poor. <laughs> <laughs> we we can talk forever because I, I love love uh, our time together. But um, any any uh anything you want to plug out there? Let people follow you or? Yeah, man. Like if you guys want to follow me on social media, uh, my my profile is a uh, Draculino with a U, like Dracula Draculino, JJ. Uh, like as Jujutsu, Draculino JJ. Uh, I have two schools on the Houston area in, in Texas and one in Brazil in Belo Horizonte. Uh, you guys are more than welcome to go, try it out, pop, pop in there, say hi, ask questions, whatever. I love to do with people. I love to talk to people. Uh, our Gracie Baja, Texas location is in Webster, Texas on the Clear Lake area. We have one in Fairland too and the one in Brazil in Belo Horizonte and, uh, you know, any other we have a lot of friends, right, Chad? Like we have schools all over. So if you guys decided to give it a try in jujitsu, I'm telling you, and I, I can assure you that you're not going to regret. Yeah. All right, Professor. It's so great to have you on. One of the best uh, ever and just a friend for life with me. So Yeah, brother. Same here, man. Look forward to seeing you, seeing you soon. Take care, brother. Me too, man. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a great time as always, brother. God bless.